Bill Belichick punting on the quarterback questions earlier today with the media. We'll talk about that and a lot more. He's Greg. I'm Nick. This episode is brought to you by FanDuel, the exclusive wagering part of the CLNS Media Network. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. All right, Greg. So today, Bill Belichick met with the media and uh, didn't have a whole hell of a lot to say about the quarterback position. I'm going to run through the transcript that you sent quickly before I get to your full thoughts on this. Uh, question, Bill has a decision been made on the starting quarterback for this weekend. Answer, I've told all the players the same thing, be ready to go, so hopefully they will be. Question, have you made a decision on the starting quarterback regardless of what you've told the team? Answer, I've told everybody to be ready to go. Question, yeah, but there is a difference between what you've told them and whether or not you've made a decision. Answer, well, I'll let you know on Sunday. Question, but is it like Friday? You want people uh, apprised of the decision? Answer, one day at a time, today is Tuesday. I'm sure everybody was thankful that Bill reminded everybody what day it was. Uh, question, so is it a, com a competition this week? Answer, I've told everybody to be ready to go. Finally, question, will your decision, whenever that happens, will it be based on this week? Answer, it'll be based on what I think is best for the team, and I've told everybody to be ready to go. Hopefully, they will. All right, Greg, your thoughts on that? Um, okay. Um, well, I am sort of around the holidays and on a bye week. I am sort of thankful that Bill reminded us what day of the week <laughs> it is because I, I, I can I can sort of forget uh, over the like the next month between Thanksgiving and Christmas and Hanukkah and and, and all that. Um, you know, I, I know some people out there probably think that I just like hate Belichick and and uh, hate the Patriots and stuff like that. But look, Nick, I you know I'll be interested to get your thoughts on this, but. My initial read on this is, I think, um, first of all, it's noteworthy to me that he said that I told all the players to be ready to go. He didn't He didn't really, like, single out the quarterbacks. He wasn't saying, like, all the quarterbacks. He was saying everybody. I, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt um, and, for now, not look for ulterior motives and things like that. I just think that, look – it's been a long trying season. Um, probably the worst of, you know, certainly the worst of Belichick's career. It's been a long time since he's been through this. It's they've been going since late July without pretty much a break. And it, it, it's been rough. And I think that they have, uh, they did what they did through the bye week. They are where they are two and eight. I really think it's a case of, you know, let's get to the bye week. Let's do what we do. Players, get away. Go get away. Clear your head, especially Mac Jones. Uh, the coaches worked for a few more days, sort of assess where they are. And I think coming back, they had the one practice last week, but it w was really about, you know, corrections take a look at a few things, not, not a, not a real quote unquote, like in season practice. And I think uh, the players, everyone got back on Monday. They're back on the practice field today. I think Nick, it's really a case of let's see where we are after the bye week Let's see where we are after everybody got away for a few days and especially Mac Jones. I mean, we, you know, we talked about it that, you know, mentally he was cooked He's at a breaking point. We saw it in the game in Germany against the Colts. Um, 
you know, every decision seemed to be worse. Every throw seemed to be worse. He looked like he was a broken player. Now, you know, who knows? Every player is different. Every athlete is different. Every person is different. They all react differently to things. And so, you know, what Bill might have done in years past, you know, you can't really apply it to now and the current players. So really, my first reaction is I just think Bill has no idea where anybody is. I think that maybe he thinks that just a few days off were what Mac needed just to get away for a few days, clear his head, you know, not be under 67 percent pressure or be sacked five times in the first half. Maybe he just needed to get away for a few days, clear his head, and maybe they see a new Mac Jones on the practice field today. Maybe they see the guy that they thought they've had. Maybe uh, they see something on the practice field. But I think to me, I'm taking Bill at face value on this, that basically they just had a break. Let's see where everybody is on Tuesday. The decision might be different on Wednesday. You know, it could be that they take a look at Mac or Bailey or Will Greer or whoever at quarterback and they just say, yeah, it's the same. And so we're going to go in in this direction. So for right now, um, I don't have an issue with it. If he's going to carry this through to Sunday, then I might have an issue with it. Um, You know, now we're into Rutgers territory where, (laughs) you know, it's Greg Schiano. This is the stuff I watch on Saturdays, which is not fun. Um, Not sure what they're going to do at the quarterback position, hoping to eke out a 16-13 game. That's every week for Rutgers. It's every week now for the Patriots. So, um, yay me. Uh, But right now, I'm taking Bill at his face value. I don't have a big problem with it. I think he just wants to assess where everybody is after the first practice of the week. And then they'll go from there. There's a lot here. I'm going to try to give you the gist of my thoughts. Number one, if you go off of practice this week, well, what we've learned is that Mac Jones is a much better practice player than Bailey Zappi and Will Greer. That's been the case during Mac being broken. So I don't know how much would change given that history that we have. I also looked at this, Greg, and said, well, the reports about Mac losing the locker room, one of two things is happening here. Either A, he hasn't lost the locker room, and some of those reports, and I'm not doubting the Mike Giardis, I'm not doubting you, I'm not doubting Andrew Callahan. Mm -hmm. I have no doubt that you guys have been told by certain people that Mac doesn't have the belief in that locker room. I do question who told you that, and how much they might be know, uh, they might know, and how privy to the information they they are, because Belichick doesn't believe that. If 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 this quarterback lost the room, Belichick's not playing him. This isn't even in a question. So I, I think number one, the lost the room stuff might have been a little bit overhyped and overblown. It's either that or Belichick is ignorant to it, which is a very scary thought. I'd also mm-hmm. say that you know if you're going to bench Mac at the end of the Colts game, then you should bench him against the Giants. Like, if if Mac was so bad at that point and that pick was so bad that you threw Bailey Zappi into the deep end for a two minute drill on the road against the Colts, then that to me is a moment where you say, I'm going to go with Zappi at least for a week because I made that statement. I made that move at the end of the game with a couple of minutes left. It wasn't Dallas. It wasn't the Saints. You had a chance to win that game. And you said to yourself and you told your team, we don't have a chance to win this game with Mac Jones. But now you're going to tell them that you might have a chance to win this weekend with Mac Jones. There's just a little bit of miscommunication or, or you know, crossed wires there for me. And finally, I'd say, look, if it's not happening now, 
we should just stop talking about Bailey Zappi, Will Graham, Malik Cunningham. If, if you're not moving on from Mac Jones after what we've seen right now, even for a week or two, if you're not sitting him for at least a week or two at this point, Mac's playing the rest of the year unless he throws seven picks in one game or he gets hurt. I don't think there's even reason to be talking about these other guys on the roster at that point. Score early this NFL season with FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's $150 if your team wins. If you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action. The app is so easy to use. There's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and more. I love the app. I use it all the time, all over the place. So visit FanDuel.com slash Boston and kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. FanDuel, official partner of the NFL. 21 plus and present in mass. Hope is here. First online real wager only. $5 pregame money line wager required. First online real money wager only. $10 first deposit required. Bonus issued at non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire seven days after receipt. See terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling helpline ma.org or call 1-800-327-5050 for 24-7 support. Play it smart from the start. GameSenseMA.com or call 1-800-GAM-1234. Yeah, Nick, um, you know, you bring up interesting points. You know, um, you know, first the loss, uh, losing the locker room thing. Um, I don't necessarily dis- disagree with you. Um, you know, I, I do know, like, uh, I was just listening to Mike Lombardi's podcast, and I think at some point this week, I think they're taping tomorrow, their second pod of the week, and, and I think uh, Femi Obamafe, his uh, co-host, um, teased last week that they were going to do a deeper dive on the Patriots at some point this week with the Patriots coming off the bye. So maybe that's coming on Wednesday. Uh, I do know that on his podcast, most recent podcast, that Mike said that he can't go back to Mac Jones, that um, that the players have lost faith in him, that, you know, it be that I'm not using it to back up anything. I'm just, I'm just right, right. bringing up a different viewpoint. Um, you know, my sense from being around the team is that there, there's just, you know, not, I don't know if they've given up personally on Mac. It's just like, you know, it, it's the same stuff and it's not getting better. Um, I, I do think you bring up an interesting point about the, the, the Colts game, which is, which is good to bring up and good to discuss about like his decision to bring in Bailey Zappi in that spot. Um, I've heard a lot of people say like, you know, they've never even seen that before that, you know, benching a starting quarterback with a chance to, to win the game with one drive left. Like that's unheard of in the NFL. I mean, I, I guess it is. I can't think of too many times. Um, I, I do think that, um, you know, Bill, when he got back from Germany, you know, grinded the tape, you know, like he does. And, you know, I know, you know, Mike Reese made this point and, um, you know, talking about that when he watched the film back, that he thought that there was a lot of other bad or worse stuff going on around Mac, including the five first half sacks and all the pressure that we talked about. Um, I, I don't disagree with that. Now, I do think where where I sort of differentiate myself is like, you know, I can look at that and point at that. But I also think that, like, when you look at the the three crucial decisions or throws that Mac made in the second half that basically lost the game for the Patriots, um, the uh, the 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 third down on the first drive of the second half, the throw 
where you know Bill O'Brien yelled at him. The throw to Hunter Henry in the end zone um, in the fourth quarter, and then the last interception. You know, to me as a coach, you need to deep dive those plays, and you need to identify. All right, now, now, why did these plays fail? Why did our quarterback fail? And that's sort of you know what I do in sort of you know my role as analyst, and and I separated. Like I could still say that the offense is broken around Mac and the, and the offensive line is in shambles and the receivers are an issue and all this stuff. All of that can be true. What also can be true is that you can look at those individual plays and, and try to ask yourself, all right, well, why did this play fail? And you could still look at Mac and say, all right, well, he, his brain froze on the third down. Um, the throw to Hunter Henry to me, I'm not sure if Hunter ran the right route, but Max sort of also froze and sort of just threw the ball up, which has been a problem for him. And then the last interception, we all know that was a complete and utter breakdown. I think you can separate both can be true that the offense can be broken, but also that the quarterback is in a spot at this point. Yes. From all that's gone on, but like, can he execute in the crucial moments, depending on what's going on around him, despite what's going on around him. And at the end of the day, like I came to the conclusion that Mac was the fundamental problem on these crucial plays. And for that reason, you know, he needs to be sat. Um, you know, I think your third, what was your third point? That if it's not happening now, then we should just never talk about Zappy or Greer again. Yeah. I mean, I totally agree. I mean, yeah, if, if, I do think that Bill, like, yes, he wants to see where Mac is, but he wants to see does, you know, Zappy respond. And I think he's had that opportunity for weeks that I think if they had a better alternative to Mac Jones. I mean, if you even go back and look at Zappy, his throws in that game, and look, he was put in a, in a, in a terrible spot. I was more looking, when you go back and you look at his mechanics on the on the play, Yeah, to me, his mechanics have fallen off. Yeah. Like, when, when he goes to throw, the ball... The ball drops. It takes forever the, for the ball to come out. That wasn't the, the case last year. Um, uh, you know, I know Bill O'Brien's probably busy doing triage on Mac Jones, so he hasn't been, you know, great. But I, I think, you know, Evan Rothstein, who's really an analyst, is the assistant quarterback's coach. Like, you know, to me, everything's fallen off at the quarterback position. But in general, I agree with your point that if if they're not – if they don't have a viable alternative to Mac Jones this week after a bye week with more time to prepare, you know, four practices, five, if you want to count last week going into this game, then, then the entire quarterback room needs to be blown up after the season. I mean, I don't think that there's any doubt about that. I'll get into the quarterback room in a minute with, with the Cunningham stuff, but yeah, the mechanics is happy on that interception. Everybody's focused on like the end result, which I understand. But when you look at the end zone, film of zappy he very much like mac kind of back foot his feet aren't set he's 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 just chucking it up there in the middle of 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 triple coverage his mechanics were way out of whack on that last play of the game against the colts on that pick if if people want to go look at that we we tend to look at this mac jones stuff and we say well you know the colts game the colts game and some say well what was different to me the difference in the colts game was as you mentioned, any three of those critical plays that Mac could make, you have a great chance of winning that game. That's the first yep. big difference. Secondly, I'd also say in the other games, Mac still, I, I just, 
it's a very difficult thing to look at Max season because it's it's been all over the joint. Dallas and New Orleans, he was completely broken. And then, as you said, Greg, he incrementally got better. And the Bills game was obviously his best game, and it was really a, a great fourth quarter. But you look mm-hmm. at the Raiders game. Max still made that throw to Devontae Parker that Parker dropped. So you could look at it and say, well, still, Mac was able to make that throw, and if the guy caught it. Eagles game, the Kendrick Bourne play, the Kayshawn Booty play, those plays, you can look at it and say, well, the for this guy's play. Yeah. And, and if, if you look at the Commanders game, Juju Smith-Schuster. So there were spots. Yes, he didn't play great, but he still – you know, he, he still made throws in those games that put his team in a position to possibly tie or win late in the game. When you look at the Colts game, it was just pretty much a debacle in the second half across the board. So, you know, he, he had those opportunities and he failed them on all three occasions. It wasn't, well, they had a chance, but his wide receiver failed them. This guy failed. No, he failed them. It was inexcusable. The whole, you know, as, as Phil Perry said on X that day, like the Rick Berry underhand toss to Ramondre, inexcusable. You know, the miss Mm -hmm. to Henry was inexcusable. The throw that ended his day was obviously inexcusable. And that was all on him. It wasn't, oh, well, this broke down, that broke down. It was on him 100%. And to me, that's a bit of the difference here. As far as the quarterback room, I, I said this on my podcast today, the Nick Cattle Show. If you if you guys want to check it out, if you get the time, I appreciate it. I want people, and I also posted this on X at Nick C Radio, I want people to fully appreciate what I'm about to say because I don't think people fully appreciate what's happening here. Greg Bedard is a, is a very intelligent viewer of football. He breaks down a lot of film. Andrew Callahan's a pretty smart guy. I've heard other people bring up Malik Cunningham. I don't fault Greg or Andrew or anybody else saying, hey, well, maybe you should just try Malik Cunningham and run the football a ton. Here's the point, though. The mismanagement of the most critical position in the NFL for this team by this GM, head of football operations, and head coach has been so bad that there have been zero injuries at the quarterback position this year. We're in week 12 and people are actually looking at an undrafted free agent just seven months ago, a guy who was cut a month ago and somebody who has been practicing as a wide receiver for most of this season. We're actually looking at that guy as an option, as a break glass in case of an emergency, no injuries, no injuries. This is the quarterback room that has been created and developed by Mr. Bill Belichick. I I just hope people are truly appreciating how much of a disaster this truly has been at the one position that you can't screw up, Greg. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I mean, um, you know, I, 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 we've talked about it before. I mean, I just think that, um, I, well, a couple of things. I mean, I think that, there is truth, and I know Felger says it a lot, but I, you know, I do think there's truth that Bill looks at the quarterback position like any other position on the field. It's been his way throughout his career. Um, you know, you go back to Cleveland, you go the early days of the Patriots, um, Cam Newton, what he's done since then. Like, I, I do think that there there's a lot of truth in that. Um, you know, but but I also think that this is a you know, I, I think that 
it's it's either one of two ways that you go at the quarterback position. You have to you have to evolve your thinking. Like you can't just be like, well, this is what I think, and the quarterback is one of fifty three, and as long as they run our system, like you know, they'll be fine. Any of the top fifteen quarterbacks, we can win a championship with. Like you know, I do think there's there's a lot to debate in that, but you have to choose one of two paths. Like, and and this is what I become convinced of. Like, it's either if that's what you believe, then you need to make sure that. You know, the offensive line that you have the key pieces in the passing game, the slot receiver, um, the third down back, you know, some sort of dynamic weapon, whether that's a tight end like Rob Gronkowski or it's a wide receiver. You need those three pieces in in the game. You need a you need a good running game. You need a really good offensive line. You know, and what the Patriots are where they are because they've has to ask they've half asked all of it like, you know, they that this is why I push back against the people who are just like, well, you know, Mac Jones sucks. Like, you know, Mac Jones doesn't suck. Like there's just, there's not a a lot of around him. And they like, you just have to do either. You have the Patrick Mahomes, you know, that can elevate everybody. And there's really only one of him in the league. I mean, I think a lot of the other quarterbacks in the league, but I mean, look at Josh Allen this year with a crappy offensive line and no running game. He's a, he's a mere mortal and he's a turnover machine. Um, there's really only one Patrick Mahomes, you know, just like there was only one Tom Brady. And if you don't have that unicorn um, who can, who can make something out of nothing, then, you know, you need a lot more. And they've just completely fallen off on the offensive line. Um, You know, the weapons, they don't have any, they don't have a third down back and the offensive line has fallen off and the coaching. I think the coaching of the Patriots offense has completely fallen off. And now I, I think a lot of Bill O'Brien, but like, I don't, I don't think Adrian Clem is a good coach. I don't think Vinny Vinny's he's obviously Adrian Clem is obviously a huge step down from Dante Scarnecchia. Vinny Sanceri is a huge step down from Ivan fears. Um, you know, Chad O'Shea, you know, Mick Lombardi were really good, you know, tight ends and wide receiver coaches, um, you know, who were proven who won a lot of games and, and those guys are all gone. And so I think the whole operation has fallen off. And that's why they are where they are. And it's Belichick being stuck in his bubble, trusting the people that he knows with his networking, not willing to go outside. Last year, I don't think it was a bad idea to change the offensive scheme. I really don't. The idea to try to mm-hmm. make it more simple for Mac and all of those kinds of things, maybe move to more of a West Coast feel to their offense. The problem was that you didn't bring in somebody like a Bobby Slowick. You didn't bring in right. somebody from that system. You said we're going mm-hmm. to have a brand new system and we're going to have a defensive coordinator and special teams guy install the program and coach it. That's insanity. The, like, I feel like I'm taking crazy pills the last two years. Like, that, that is insane. <laughs> there, there's literally no reason to do that. Change systems, fine. But find somebody who can actually teach the damn system and has a history and a resume. It's just unbelievable. And even unicorns, I would say, and this is to, I feel like we always have to give this disclaimer, which I'm so tired of. This is not to defend all of Mac's mistakes. It's not to defend Mac's play, but blah, 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 blah. But even unicorns need help. Lamar Jackson is seen as a unicorn. Lamar's having his best year right now. Why is that as a passing quarterback? Because they went out and they got Zay Flowers. Because they went out and they got Nelson Aguilar as a third or fourth receiver. They have Mark Andrews. Yeah, they, they, they signed OBJ. Patrick Mahomes still needs Travis Kelsey. 
You take Travis Kelsey away from that mess, even Mahomes. Uh, how great was it? Mahomes couldn't help the drop last night, could he? Perfect Looked throw. a lot like Jalen Ragor to me. Yeah, <laughs> or Devontae with the, in, the, in the Raiders game. Yeah, so even unicorns need at least one guy. One guy that can make a play. <laughs> it's unreal. All right, let's jump to some other stuff, Greg, outside of the quarterback situation. Rob Ninkovich making some headlines yesterday, uh, talking on his podcast that Jonathan Kraft was was pissed in the suite in Germany. Apparently, Ninkovich was around the scene there out there in Germany. Uh, just kind of the, the two things before I ask you, it, it was about the punt, which an all-out punt block when your team can't move the football offensively and you're in a situation where you might be able to get it to midfield, great job by Bill and the, and the, and the 17 special teams coaches and the 20 guys on this roster that are devoted to special teams. Fantastic stuff from that shit show. And then, of course, the last interception by Jonathan Kraft. Uh, I mean, by, by Mac Jones, got Jonathan all worked up. Just your thoughts on what Nink had to say. Yeah, I just, I, you know, I appreciate, you know, Nink sort of uh, showing that. He's one of the guys. Um, and too bad he wasn't more like this as a player. But, um, you know, he's one of those guys who, like, you know, he, he spills the beans pretty good. You know, probably uh, Jonathan's not um, excited that he shared this. But, um yeah, I just thought I, I just thought it was interesting inside look at the owner's box, and it sort of goes along with the, you know, the viral clip from what was that the Commanders game or something like that, where, where Jonathan was just like, "We're just not that good," and um, you know, I, I I just think it's I think they know what's going on. I mean that 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 his reaction was that Jonathan's reaction to the interception according to Ninkovich was more like we're bad. Like it, you know, to me, it's, it's reading a lot into it, but you know, it was more like, it's not like he easily could have been like, Oh my God, Mac is terrible. He's the worst quarterback in the league. And he said, he put it more on the team. And I think that, uh, I think that's the way they look at it, that this, uh, you know, whole operation, especially on offense um, has just been a disaster of effort before proportions for multiple years it's not a one-off um last year wasn't good either the cam newton year wasn't good as well uh, as well i mean the the max rookie season was pretty good but i just thought it was an interesting insight into you know maybe sort of the mindset of ownership and i think there's just sort of at the point where like yeah we're just not a very good team we're jonathan says we're a bad team that means that this program has completely fallen off and to me that means you have to make a change that especially after I think last year was more of the Bills Mulligan year. And then to go backwards even more from that, to me, it points as, you know, there are going to be big changes in the offseason. OK, Nick froze up for a second. So I'm going to pick up here. And what we we're going to talk about next was, um, you know, give you a little insight into me and, um, you know, how I do things, especially during the season. So, you know, we're on the bye week. And like I said earlier, not only for the players and the coaches, but it's been a long season um, for the media. They've been going basically nonstop since the end of July. And so, you know, the way I treat the bye week is, um, you know, really like the players, I try to, you know, take a step back a little bit, unplug. I mean, I'm still doing work basically almost every day, um, you know, other than uh, I try to, you know, spend more time with the family. Um 
do some yard work, which is long overdue. Um, so I did some leaves and stuff like that. Um, you know, but really I sort of, um, I take a step back. Yeah. You know, I watched some of the NFL on Sunday. Um, my daughter had a thing that I was at on Sunday during the one o'clock game. So I was watching red zone on my phone, not really the same, um, got back from the four o'clock games and, uh, sort of had them on, I think, um, was it the Bills Jets was on locally here and I had red zone on a another ch- channel but you know basically you know my big takeaway from from this from watching some NFL this weekend was I, I just don't think the level of play is very good at all I mean those four o'clock games were just abysmal to the point where I put I definitely took the Jets Bills game off because, you know, holy hell was that horrible with the Jets and the Bills weren't a whole lot better. And I put red zone on the second TV that we have in the, in the living room so I could sort of keep an eye on what was going on and keep an eye on my fantasy team and and stuff like that. But, you know, I just think that the I just think that the product of the NFL is just you know horrible at this point. And now so. But then it comes into, all right, now, you know, what are the reasons why? And I heard, you know, Tom Brady talked about this a little bit, I think, with Stephen A. Smith. And I don't disagree with Tom. Um, I I do disagree with Tom a little bit like he, he, at least in the clip that I saw. And again, it could be just cut up. I haven't watched the whole interview that Tom talked about that he, um, so he he talked about that he thinks it's uh, a lot of mediocrity in the league. He thinks that the coaching uh, isn't at the same level. The fundamentals aren't at the same level. But then he went into the defense and about how the defensive rules and things like that. I, like, you know, I, I I get that, but I don't think that's the problem on why the NFL isn't any good. And we've seen the numbers. The numbers on offense are down, like, across the board. To me, um, it's a couple of different things. Um you know, for a long time, there were a lot of experienced quarterbacks in this league, including, you know, Brady and Manning and and Drew Brees. And, and you know, those guys are those guys are gone at the moment. And everyone is trending younger and younger at the quarterback position. And I think that's a few things are at play on that. Uh, I think that Nick's back now but i was just telling people about my observations during the bye week and how the nfl is crappy and i hated watching those games <laughs> on sunday so i'll be interested to get your points on that but the reason that i think that the nfl has fallen off um i think that the they're playing younger and younger quarterbacks who are younger and younger coming out of the college game and they're not ready but really it goes to coaching and i think the offensive line play has never been worse in this league. And there's a few different things for that. I mean, you've had a lot of similar to the quarterbacks. And I just mentioned Nick about how, you know, for a long time, there were a lot of veteran quarterbacks who were playing, who had played a lot of quarterback, you know, Brady and breeze and these guys, and now they're being replaced by younger quarterbacks, but you know, the offensive line coaches, you've had, you know, guys like, you know, Dante Scarnecchia go out of the league and, you know, there's also the practice time restrictions, but you know, when, when you talk about the college game, you talk about a few things at play. Number one, most colleges, they don't give a crap what kind of coach you are, like a like a developing talent. They want a recruiter first, a guy who can bring in the talent, 
and then, you know, they'll figure out the coaching later and they do these schemes, you know, their spread schemes sort of cover up the offensive line. They barely ever run the ball. They don't run the same quote unquote pro offenses, but we're seeing that sort of change. But so you have offensive linemen who aren't getting taught like they used to in college. Then they're coming to the pro game and they're playing for, they're playing earlier and earlier and they're playing for coaches who aren't as good and they don't have enough practice time. And to me, the reason that the NFL scoring is down and because offensive line play is God awful around the league. And, you know, to me, that's, that's the biggest reason. There's just no, there's no precision. There's no, like, you know, you go back and you watch NFL games just from a couple of years ago. Yeah. I mean, even the Patriots go back and watch the Patriots operation max rookie season on just like how they did things and how disciplined they were. And it wasn't perfect, but it was a lot better than it was now. So, you know, my big takeaway was like, you know, holy hell, the NFL product is bad. And I was just talking about, you know, some of the some of the reasonings that I have for it. Yeah, I agree with most of the reasonings. Uh, you know, the, the bad quarterback play, you do have a lot of quarterback injuries this year. A number of guys have gone yeah. down. A number of good guys have gone down. You know, Rodgers and, and Burrow most recently. Uh, offensive line play sucks. I agree with a lot of what you're saying about the college game and how it's now transitioning to the NFL. It's not transitioning well. Bad coaching is a part of this, no doubt. And I, I posted while watching the games on Sunday, Greg, the Patriots picked a, a terrible year to suck. Because people think like they're yeah. going to just be able to walk right into a top three pick. Not necessarily. I mean, you're playing this weekend against, you know, Tommy DeVito. You you still have to play against the Steelers and Kenny Pickett. They just fired their OC today, finally. A little too late for that as far as I, I you know, consider when it should have for been sure. done. So you've got the Kenny Pickett stuff. Uh, you still have to play the Chargers and Brandon Staley. He's always apt to just, you know, have a, a mental defect on the sideline and ruin a game for his team. Like there's just there's a lot of bad quarterback play. There's a lot of bad coaching. The Patriots could still win four or five games this year. I know people don't want to hear that, but they, they could still get to six wins. And it, it doesn't it's not saying anything about the team or the quarterback play or the co- it, it's it's really an indictment on the rest of the league. So the league is not good. Yeah, and Nick, I I think like not only about the top pick, you talked about the Patriots picked a bad year to suck. This is this is sort of the perfect year for an upstart Patriots team coached by Bill Belichick if they had their stuff together that I mean like even, you know, who are the best teams in the AFC right now? The Chiefs, the Ravens, um not even the Bills, but basically the Chiefs and the Ravens are the best team in the AFC. And you're telling me, well, all right, they probably have trouble with Lamar and shutting him down. But the Chiefs are definitely beatable. Um, you know, if you have your stuff together, if you if you built up an offensive line where you could be weather tested and, and run the ball in the winter, in the postseason and take care of the football and make timely plays on defense and, and do your thing on special teams. The problem is the Patriots completely fell off. And so to me, this was a lost chance for them to sort of reassert themselves and sort of surprise people this year. All right, before we get to uh, the member question of the day to wrap things up, first of all, episode brought to you by our friends at FanDuel, exclusive wagering partner of the CLNS Media Network. New customers receive 150 bucks in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. Also, check the guys out over at BSJ for the year. 50 bucks is what it costs. Bedard, Giardi, uh, you know, all of the coverage that you get. All of the team, it's great stuff over there at BSJ. All right, member question of the day. 
Greg, I know a lot of people made a, a, a big deal over Caleb Williams crying a few weeks ago after the game in the stands with his mom. Um, and then we had the post-game press conference after that game where he just kind of walked in and said, I want to just go home and, and hang out with my dog. And now this past weekend, he completely no-shows the media in what is very likely his final game at USC. BSJ member question is, uh, you know, it, it seems like he stepped in it again this weekend. Do we think it'll cost him the number one pick, Greg? Uh, I am definitely more concerned now, Nick. That's for sure. I mean, that that he's sort of stacking these things together. And and I set aside, I know people bring up the, I don't know, there was some interview that either him or his dad did where they talked about equity and a pro team. I mean, that's not even possible. So, I mean, this is not unusual. We heard, remember the, the, the famous, the infamous Cam Newton interview with Peter King, where he talked about how he wanted to be an icon. And that was a big deal. He still went number one. Um, Cam actually held that against Peter for years. He did not talk to Peter for years, even though, I don't know, you said it. It was a direct quote, whatever. <laughs> but in any event, um, I, you know, look, I haven't looked into these quarterbacks at all. I did tape Caleb Williams and Drake May. We're both playing at the same time on Saturday. I taped the games. I have not had a chance to look at it, hopefully uh, on Friday or sometime. Uh, I'll get a few minutes to take a peek at that because I did want to see these guys at least, you know, get an impression. Um, you know, intangibles mean a lot. Um, you know, they really do at the quarterback position. And to me, this is this, this separates uh, the average, the good and the great. You know, what kind of intangibles, what kind of motor do you have? Uh, what kind of leadership do you have? And, and I'm starting to question that about Caleb. Um, if he goes into a situation that is crappy, like most number one quarterbacks do. Is he going to be uh, have the, the 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 mental strength to deal with all the questions and the criticisms and things like that? It's a legitimate question to ask. I don't have an answer on that. Um, it hasn't been great, but you know he's also a kid, and so you have to take that into account. I do think that you know Patrick Mahomes is a is a guy who has a lot of stuff going around on around him between his brother and stuff like that but he was also sort of groomed for this he was around pro locker rooms with his dad you know forever and those guys like peyton manning and his dad those guys tend to do pretty good i don't know the background of caleb williams and how that might affect him going forward but i'll just say that I don't think it'll scare a lot of teams off. I think his talent is that good. I think that, you know, and, and that's what really, you know, people look at at the position. Will it scare off some teams? Quite possibly. But I don't think it's a huge deal at this point. All right. Greg's going to run to Felger and Maz. Everybody have a fantastic Thanksgiving. Have a great turkey day. Gobble, gobble. He's Greg. I'm Nick. It's the Greg Bedard Patriots podcast with Nick Cattles.